collection of question marks. There's a lot of questions. Why? How? No logic, no reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Worst nightmare of their lives. This long nationwide nightmare. We'll start collecting clues as to the whys, the whats, and the wheres. Neighborhood by neighborhood. Literally knocking on doors. This is your worst nightmare. The nightmare. It would be a nightmare. Worst nightmare. We will not end the nightmare. We'll only explain it. Explain to us. Because this. This. This is News and Views with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Yesterday, I mentioned an article from Fox News that with two weeks to go before the election, the DOJ is fighting a Freedom of Information Act request on a March 2021 executive order by Joe Biden, which the Foundation for Government Accountability has labeled as an unconstitutional taxpayer funded get out the vote effort designed to benefit the president's political party. Someone who has been following this issue very closely, has written on it extensively, is Fred Lucas. Fred is chief news correspondent and manager of the investigative reporting project for The Daily Signal. He is also the author of the book, The Myth of Voter Suppression, The Left's Assault on Clean Election. And there's a chapter in this book on this Biden executive order. Fred, welcome to News and Views. Good to have you with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So you also released an article on this executive order and this FOIA request. You mentioned that a court ordered the information to be released by September the 8th. But out of 5,000 pages, the DOJ only released 135 pages, and those were highly redacted. Further, the DOJ argues that if the whole thing has released, it will cause public confusion, which might be true because the average American might see this order and say, am I living in a banana republic? But so here's a question. What is exactly this executive order 14019? What does the Biden administration want the public perception to be of the order? And what is it in reality? Well, what it is in in reality, I'll start with that because that's more sobering. What it is in reality is this is something that was written, as I explain in the book, The Myth of Voter Suppression. It was written before Biden took office by a left-wing interest group called Demos. Um, they uh, they put together this uh, recommendations of all these uh, things that Biden could be doing uh, with executive power to expand, as they characterize it, expand voting rights. Um, uh, but, but but it actually uses the force of the federal government uh, to essentially, I think, put the thumb on the scale uh, for Democrats. Right. Uh, it it enlists, uh, puts every single uh, executive branch agency uh, behind voter registration and increasing voter turnout. Uh, and so one of the more innocuous case, cases, uh, um, HUD is in charge of putting public housing authorities in charge of uh, registering voters at uh, public housing units. But you also have the DOJ, is supposed to, which we've seen some of this, the DOJ is supposed to um, put more uh, and voting voting information uh to prisoners who are being released now uh one kind of wonders if that ties in with the commutations that biden did recently as well mm-hmm. right before the election um and also the uh dhs is supposed to be involved with uh signing uh new citizens up at, at naturalization processes so uh these these are all like situations where you have government agencies targeting in some cases, at least, what they think might be Democratic constituencies. 
Uh, oh, you, you think? <laughs> you yeah. think? This, yeah. this is a taxpayer-funded uh, get-out-the-vote effort, uh, and and the, and I think there's probably a good reason the administration doesn't want you to know, and it's not because they're just protecting the public from being confused. Yeah, what would be confusing about this? I mean, in all honesty, first of all, the people that want to know are not going to be confused. The people that don't want to know aren't going to care and they're never going to find out about it anyway because they're, you know, watching their favorite sitcom instead of trying to follow the the political world. But this doesn't sound unlike Zuckerberg and what he did in in with his own money, but yet putting it not just get out the vote for everyone, get out the vote for the constituents, the constituents that will vote in the direction that Zuckerberg wanted him to vote, wanted them mm-hmm. to vote. Well, yeah, uh, th- this has been called um, by some people Biden bucks uh, as opposed to Zuckerberg. Hmm. Uh, and 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 there, there's a I mean, there's a reason he's channeling and except that it's not Biden's dollars, it's our dollars, the taxpayers dollars in this case uh, that we are. Uh, behind financing this get-out-the-vote effort, um, state-run get-out-the-vote effort, which is unprecedented. It hasn't happened before, and it could um, uh, cause federal employees to commit or break the law. And, and, And by that, the law I'm referring to is the Hatch Act. The Hatch Act prohibits federal employees from engaging in partisan political activity uh, while on the clock. And, and we've seen this come up with members of the Trump administration and the Obama administration in various cases. Um, but, I mean, this could get into lower-level people by just complying with this executive order that Biden put forward. And, you know, existing statute generally trumps executive order. Have you given, and uh, you'd have to ponder and you'd have to look into your crystal ball, but what do you think is in there? You, you mentioned in your article that there was a um, 15-page strategic plan for ent- implementing this executive right. order that was not released. Any any idea what they're trying to hide in this strategic plan? Uh, I mean, that would just be purely speculation i mean my guess is that some of this would involve um i, I if, if, if my some, some of what they're hiding might just let the cat out of the back in terms of uh whether the strategic plan is uh just making broad partisan statements one would think uh uh federal bureaucrats might be smarter than to put that in writing but uh i mean we've seen over the years oftentimes they're not that smart what was it? Who was the court? What was the court that, that originally said you've got to release this? Is this just a general FISA uh, court, or is... uh, uh, no, no, no? This is a federal district court in Florida. Uh, that, that's where the Foundation for Government Accountability, which brought the lawsuit, um, is based out of, and and they filed the lawsuit. The um, Justice Department came back uh, claiming um, they didn't have to release it and filed a motion. For this reason, that it could cause public confusion, I think that's just a legal stalling tactic. Um, my guess is they're not going to get away with this, but they'll at least delay it until after the election. Yeah, it's it's interesting how they always repent after it's too late. <laughs> what, All right, but but I mean, if there is a new majority, uh, I, I'm guessing that uh, and with subpoena power. Uh, come January, I'm, I'm thinking this is something that you will see some congressional committees look into because uh, 
that congressional subpoenas can move a lot faster than the Freedom of Information Act. Let me let me change the narrative just a little bit because my hunch is you've probably gotten into this, but uh, the, your book, The Myth of Voter Suppression: The Left's Assault on Clean Elections. You know, we have heard this over and over again, and right now in the state of North Carolina, you know, there was a constitutional amendment for a voter ID, uh, photo ID to be presented at, when you go to vote uh, at the polling place. And uh, the North Carolina Supreme Court has basically knocked that down. The uh, the hmm. congressional maps, they've knocked that down. Now, the good news is it looks like, according to the newest polling that just came out from Civitas just yesterday, it looks like the two North Carolina Republican Supreme Court candidates are going to prevail in their election. If that happens, there will be a majority of conservatives on our Supreme Court, and a lot of that could be overturned. But the, the whole idea of disenfranchisement, uh, talk, to the, talk to that whole narrative of the photo ID. I mean, the Supreme Court has, has, has given the thumbs up to it. And this yeah. was before the Supreme Court was uh, controlled by as many conservatives as there are on there now. Well, yeah, yeah. In, in fact, um, yeah, I, there was a 6-3 decision going back to 2008 when the Supreme Court upheld voter ID. And and that was uh, that was when, you know, it was generally a 5-4 conservative majority at that point, um, quasi-conservative majority at that time. But, yeah, uh, that, that was... Um, Voter ID uh, has been in place for a long time. Uh, since the early 2000s, there were uh, dire predictions then that it would be a throwback to the Jim Crow era that Democrats put forward. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, voter ID, and in most cases, there have been several studies that show uh, voter ID actually led to increases in voter turnout. We've seen the very same thing happen uh, in this case um, uh, with um, almost two dozen states that passed election integrity laws in 2021 um, that expanded voter ID to absentee ballots and put restraints on ballot harvesting, which is a, is a pretty corrupt practice of allowing political operatives to collect and distribute mass. Um, after those laws went into effect, you remember Stacey Abrams was out there oh, yeah. talking about Jim Crow 2.0. Joe uh, Biden as well. Joe Biden. Yeah. Jim Eagle <laughs> in his case. But yeah. Uh, and and, and we, what we've seen this year is state after state after state, we've seen record turnout in primaries. And just more recently, we've seen record turnout in early voting. Uh, so um, none of this turns out to be true. Just yesterday, uh, uh, esteemed White House press secretary uh said that uh well just because you have higher voter turnout doesn't mean you don't have voters <laughs> <laughs> which which almost sums up everything in my book um be, because there's absolute this has been a almost a religion for the left uh I, well i would say it was a religion but i don't think it is because i don't think they actually believe it uh there there's zero evidence of voter suppression and in, in, in this modern era um in the in the real jim crow era there was actual person of course but uh in this modern era people there's no evidence that of anyone who's legally allowed to vote eligible to vote that is being prevented from either voting or register being able to register to vote uh there have been several lawsuits uh they've generally lost all of those and uh but this is a myth and it's a it's a great talking point that the left trots out for two reasons uh when they lose an election as for one 
uh, and uh, also if they want to block a law from being passed, like a voter ID law. Those are the two reasons they talk about voter suppression. But they've got a lot of mileage out of it. But what and is the, the media what, usually never questions it? What is their what is their well? Of course, the media is on their side. But what is their motivation to make sure we don't have voter ID? I mean, have you, when you did your book, did you look at all about the number of times where cheating is going on? Well, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a big part of the book too. Um, uh, there's uh, the few, uh, and, and and we've gotten that a lot from media coverage that in which they say that there's no systemic voting fraud going on. Well, there's uh, there's certainly not systemic voter suppression either, uh, even though the media likes to push that narrative. Uh, there are numerous, numerous cases of uh, elections being overturned, often at the local level, mayors, county um, races, and so forth. But uh, in, in North Carolina, you know that there was, a, there was a congressional race, which I write about in this book, The Myth of Voter Suppression. It was a Republican candidate. Right. But there was voter fraud involved in that case. That election was uh, voided, and they called a new election. Right. Um, so so there, there's plenty of evidence in which... Voter fraud uh, causes um, has been there have been convictions there have been overturned elections plenty of evidence there there has been no evidence of again no evidence of an eligible voter uh, who was legally allowed to vote being turned away from voting or being uh, prevented from registering to vote. You know it's interesting that they use the Jim Crow uh, talking point, but what a racist comment. When these liberals come out, these progressives come out and say, well, you're trying to suppress the black vote because a black individual might not have any kind of uh, ID that would be legal. What a racist comment. Yeah, well, it it really is. It really is. And and it gets into that, too. I mean, the the book just sort of um, goes into the the level of identity politics that the left has used throughout – Throughout this debate, and and and, and it is entirely about it's entirely about winning elections. I mean, one aspect of this is I that there is an interwoven. Uh, the narrative today is that the right is concerned about voter fraud, the left is concerned about voter suppression. The the two are really interwoven. Uh, if you have le- actual voter suppression, it's a form of fraud because you're skewing the election result. If you have fraud, then you're canceling out uh, someone else's legitimate vote. Uh, so. Voter fraud and voter suppression are really pretty much the same thing. Right. Uh, Good point. But I, I, I would also say that uh, the book, The Myth of Voter Suppression, gets into you. It's a democ- It's a Democratic Party tradition. You, you. It goes back to um, you had Tammany Hall, the big D machines that were run by Democrats uh, in the North. Uh, you had Jim Crow in the South. Uh, one was about usually voter fraud by the machines. Uh, Jim, the Jim Crow South was about uh, voter suppression, but they both had the same goal, which was skewing and changing election laws to uh, ensure Democrats win. You've seen some of the same thing today. Democrats uh, tried to push HR one and legislation like that through uh, that would completely change the law, uh, have a national ban on voter ID, expand ballot harvesting, all for the purpose of uh, making it easier for Democrats to win. Did you get in the book, did you get into at all the 2020 presidential election and some of the things yeah. that we saw in, well, down in Georgia for one? Yeah, yeah. There is a chapter uh, just it's titled The Uncomfortable Truths About the 2020 Election. 
Uh, it makes it, it doesn't draw draw conclusion who won, uh, but uh, it does make it clear that this was not the most secure election uh, we've we've seen, and and it looks at a lot of the findings, the official findings that have taken place since that election took place, uh, and so I I think it has a fresher take on the 2020 election than some of some of the other uh, books that have been written about that race. We're talking to Fred Lucas of the Daily Signal. In your book, did you also, uh, or in your reporting, since you've done the book, what is your feeling towards shoring up the issues that happened in the 2020 election? As we go into this 2022 midterm, do you think there's steps have been taken to make sure that we have more secure elections than we did just two years ago? I think we are better off than we were two years ago in the sense that um, 2020 was a matter of Democrats not wanting a crisis to go to waste. Uh, a massive uh, runaway mail-in voting, uh, drop boxes, um, recruiting of billionaire oligarchs into uh, bankrolling election administration to get out the vote. Those are all things Democrats had wanted to do well before any American had ever heard of COVID-19. Right. Uh, and uh, this was just the grand opportunity. Uh, you look at people like Mark Elias and and the oh. DNC that they, they 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 leaped into this. That they saw this as the opportunity, and they were were not going to waste it. And it uh, it did work out for them. Oh yeah, well, Mark Elias is well known in North Carolina because he was the guy that came down here and got the state board of elections to change the rules after early voting had begun, which is just, you know, right. unbelievable. Fred Lucas. I, 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 uh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, Go ahead. I, I was going to add, yeah, uh, uh, Tampa, the uh, Senate candidate there, uh, he, he's involved in the uh, House Election Integrity Caucus, uh, and he, he was he was pushing investigations into this uh, executive order. I, I did uh, uh, some reporting on that a little bit earlier this year. Where is that committee going, or is that the group going? Uh, it's, 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 it's a caucus, not okay. a committee. But okay. yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've written letters to the White House. They've uh, sought information. Um, of course, that's pretty much already right now. That's pretty much a request. But if that changes. <laughs> Well, if the if the federal courts can't get uh, the Department we'll of Justice to respond, then I don't think yes. I don't think a request from the Republican well, caucus is going to get much done. Right. So, Fred uh, Fred Lucas, thanks so much for joining us. Interesting stuff. How can our folks get a copy of your book, The Myth of Voter Suppression: The Left's Assault on Clean Elections? Uh, yeah, just check out uh, Amazon or Barnes and Noble wherever you like to buy books. All right, Fred Lucas, thanks for joining us. Look forward to talking to you again down the road. Thank you. Thanks so much. Stay with us. More news and views coming right up.